Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, 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 oh. Hertz filed for bankruptcy about two weeks ago, and their stock immediately dropped to 40 cents a share. But since then, the stock has bounced back even higher than before they filed for bankruptcy. Wait, what? That's not supposed to happen. Why is anyone buying stock in a company with $19 billion of debt that just filed for bankruptcy? Don't people realize common stockholders are the last people to get paid? Of course, the execs gave themselves $16 million in bonuses, and they're trying to figure out exactly how much they're going to be able to give their bondholders. But despite that, on Friday alone, the stock closed up 70% higher, and another 12% in after-hours trading, and it's up again today. Are professional investors staying in? We know that their largest investor, Carl Icahn, who owned nearly 40% of the shares, dumped all of them for $0.70 cents per share. He lost $1.8 billion doing that. So who is buying the stock? We also know that Robinhood investors have been frantically buying. As of the end of last week, nearly 100,000 Robinhood accounts had bought shares of Hertz. To put that in perspective, before Hertz filed bankruptcy, only about 1,000 accounts were Hertz investors. So have Robinhood people discovered something that professionals have missed, or are they being set up to lose all of their money when this stock eventually goes to zero? Today on Dumb Money Live, we'll dive into several theories on why Hertz could still be a good investment, or potentially the best short play we've ever seen. This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. Welcome to Dumb Money. First things first, as always, please do this following instruction. Destroy the like button. <laughs> that lets us know you're paying attention. It lets YouTube know that this video is worth suggesting to more people. And I did a lot of research on Hertz uh, this weekend, starting with our Discord on stock twits, a bunch of articles. I found at least three theories on why the stock is going up. And I will say up front that I think the most likely scenario of these three is... Uh, they're all wrong, and the stock will be completely worthless. But we will get to the theories. But first things first, how was your weekend, guys? Woo! My weekend was awesome, Dave. Um, man, I mean, how do you have a bad weekend when you... I mean, let's just talk... We, we did our last show on Thursday, and, and, you know, people on Discord, there were one or two people that were asking, they can't wait to hear how our accounts did since our last show. And I'm embarrassed to say I think I'm up six hundred thousand since our last show on Thursday. I mean, this is insane, right? It's insane. It's wow. still insane. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in thirty-two years of trading. That's... How can you not be part of this? What are you? You guys are both up, right? I mean, I know yeah. Gan's been hurting us a little bit here, but other than that, uh, you're still up at least, right? Oh no, I'm definitely up, and you know, today I'm up another seventy-six thousand dollars. That's not bad. Yeah, I'm up, right. like a, I'm up 100K today. Wow. Jordan's up six figures. That's a big day. 
Dude, Conservo Jordan, man. Did you <laughs> did you guys get into? I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about hurts. We have so much to talk about on today's episode. I was excited about hurts yesterday, but since then I'm now excited about other stuff. And like I got to get through the hurts segment to talk about the other stuff because there's so much stuff going on right now. Did you did you guys buy? All right, I won't talk about it. Don't talk about Look, it yet. I want to talk about one in the thing. second half, which in our shows you never know what half actually means, but maybe in 30 minutes from now we will talk about it. Fine, I won't say it. I won't say it. All right, we're going to hold it to the second half of the show, I promise. Um, you got to stick around for it. Hurts. Okay. Hurts. I'm short hurts. I'm just going to say it. I'm short hurts and here's why. Before we even talk about the Wait, theories, did you actually short hurts? Did you did you make a trade? I am shorted, actually yeah. short hurts as of 1 hour ago i shorted I twenty thousand shares not a lot i might short more is it a straight short research i shorted it here's why guys do you remember in 2009 uh 2010 a company called general motors i'm sure you remember the company called general motors i've heard of then. them do you remember what happened i will never forget going through that bankruptcy how that stock just refused to die and it would trade up and down and back up and there were like uh, nobody understood why it continued to trade up there was absolutely zero reason why anybody should have been especially towards the end why anyone should have been paying even one penny for GM stock it was it was universally accepted that there was a 0% chance that any equity holder would get any money out of GM. 0%. All right, point oh percent And still people were buying it to the very end. That's people buying day, on, it, on some kind of like fundamental, this stock is actually worth something. But that's, that's one of the theories I'm going to get to on Hertz. That wasn't the all right. You might have that theory on Hertz, but that wasn't even a theory on GM. It was like there was no chance back then, and then one day it just went to zero. Like ninety nine percent of us knew it would, and then people were like, "What happened? What?" And people were enraged. They're like, "This is BS." Torch the government and blah blah blah. <laughs> and the, like it's, it's all this crazy stuff. I'm like, dude, if this. And I, the whole time I was thinking, why didn't I short this? And 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 I said, if it ever happens again, if it, but it won't, because why would it ever happen again? But if it ever happened again, I promised myself, I made a promise to myself that I would short that company. And here we are, eleven years later, ten years later, whatever. And it's hurts. It's GM all over again. Now I'm not going to say that it's the like, same situation. I'm not. I, I know there there, there are, are differences. Situations. Yes. And let's talk about them. Let's talk. So I, what I want to know, Dave, is can for, the three scenarios you bring up is it going to change my mind? Am I going to cover my short by the end of this episode? That's what I want to know. I and I have told you up front that I think that these theories are actually wrong, and that I think that this could be a great short opportunity. But I will say. That going into this just moments ago, I bought 10,000 shares just to keep this what argument interesting. are you, you are, talking about? You're, you're such the devil's game. I knew you were going to do the opposite of what I did. 
I knew the second I opened my mouth and said I shorted, I shorted GM that you were going to do that just to spite me. And uh, no, I no, it's I, I want one of us to make money. I just want to keep this argument a little bit more spirited. And you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you're watching a, a a football game that you really don't care about either team, but if you have a little a little side bet going with one of your friends, it makes the game actually interesting. That's what we're doing here today. I feel like you're wasting money, Dave. I don't like it. Well, I'm already up. <laughs> And Chris is down, so we'll we'll see how this all plays out today on Dumb Money Live. <laughs> okay. But I literally, as we, Jordan was fiddling with his audio trying to get set up, I was placing a trade moments before we went on. So oh, I just, I just bought. Wait, These are the freshest shares that I've ever had for a live show. Jordan, could we before we start this? What on earth is going on in your house right now? Like you, you, you we couldn't get Jordan live for half an hour. He just came on before we episode started. What is this Lennox computer you have? You are the biggest nerd ever. Why are we? Why your map was down because you're updating? Yeah. And what the, what on earth is a Lennox computer? Which obviously couldn't well, get so, you so live. I've got, an old, I've got an old MacBook Pro that I converted to Linux um, so I could run. Kind of just run it as a server, a general <laughs> server. What does that Some mean? To do things what does that network. mean? Um, well, it's running. Uh, it's running JordanMcLean.com, but not actually. It's just it's running all the software, and then I upload a static version to AWS. Um, but I just kind of keep it on my desk, but it works. And it, it, like, I've actually done some of the episodes on it before, but for some reason, um, the microphone's not working this morning. So wait, but the purpose of this, so you could save like 10 bucks a month, right? On something. (laughs) 50 bucks a month on AWS. It's an AWS. I'm not going to waste $50. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's great. I love it. Now it it costs $50 to host JordanMcLean.com. Now it, now it costs like, I don't know. Less than a dollar. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like something I would do too. Yeah, like and it was kind of fun just to tinker around with. Um, I so I you know I know that you guys all cut the cord on Directv years ago and are on Hulu and various streaming platforms. I finally, finally, finally canceled both my AT and T cell phone and my AT and T. Naturally, I, I use Charter for Internet, but my AT and T Directv. Old school. Wait, what are you doing for cell? Here's the deal. We're all in lockdown, right? How often yeah. have you let use have you actually left the house and used your unlimited data plan that you're paying 150 bucks a month for? Well, I go to the lake, so Okay. Well, I stay in the Wait, house. You canceled your phone plan, Dave? I canceled my $150 a month ATT plan and I switched to the Spectrum plan that they if you have spectrum internet at your house they have this plan for cell phones that you can get it is $14 a month and spectrum is basically one of those like reseller i don't know exactly what you call it but they're basically a reseller of uh, Verizon service so the signal the 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 network it's on is the exact same as Verizon and it is $14 a month for up to 1 gigabyte and if I go over, it's another $14 a month, or just another $14. It's a $14 per gig. And as soon as this uh, lockdown is over and I start using more than two gigs of mobile data, their, their unlimited plan, I think, is like $35 a month. $35 a month for unlimited on Verizon with just the Spectrum brand name on it. And so because I was kind of just mad at myself for not realizing this long ago and realizing I'm paying $150 or something that I could be paying $35 for... I did that final little research on, well, if I get rid of 
DirecTV, that's like $170 just to have basically the Today Show. That's the only thing I watch. And I could, I could set up the antenna and watch broadcast HD. No, I didn't do that. What I did, Spectrum, once again, has a plan that they don't even promote on their website. Yeah. But if you Google for cord cutters, it's basically choose your favorite 10 channels. And it's like... $14 a month, 15. I, I don't know what it is. It's under $20 a month for the live 10 channels that you want. Any of them. They, they also have a package that, that has like 20 channels, but it did not include CNBC and it did not include maybe it was, it was actually hard for me to come up with 10 channels that I actually watch, but that's what I did. So I'm on a streaming only spectrum and it, it's on right now. It is beautiful. It actually is higher quality than direct TV. And then I also have Hulu for watching on-demand stuff, and I also have Netflix, and I also basically I have all of them. But now I'm I've just restructured who I'm paying for that service. Oh my gosh! And by the way, while you're talking about all that, I went short another ten thousand shares of Hertz just because <laughs> I had to all like right. eclipse your. I want to make add this your ten thousand long. I want to add another ten thousand short. Well, you, so and by the way, I'm I'm at a loss on the shares I shorted this morning. Hey, so do you, hey, Chris, we've had people what? ask, and I don't know you went straight short. You didn't do puts, right? Straight short, yeah. Straight, straight. I think that's the right thing to do because, like you said, you don't know how long this process will take. Well, Jordan, here's the problem, though. I the have risky not thing is yet to figure out what my interest rate is on those shares. So I've heard rumors that it's up to like ninety percent annually, in which case. <laughs> But, but but that's insane. Because so, hard uh, to I borrow. So basically, hard to borrow stock has a premium on how much you have to pay. So if yeah. if there is, and that's another one of the theories we're going to be getting to coming up. We should probably just dive right into theories, don't you All think? Right, let's go. Hurts. Hurts. Okay. Tell so so my first theory is, and and these are not my theories. These are theories that I found from various people in forums, in articles, and just the internet. These are internet theories all around Robinhood investors primarily. But first theory, short squeeze. Was the majority of short selling after their bankruptcy announcement, which happened on May 22nd, were those people who uh, basically were shorting and now need to cover their shorts? So mm -hmm. we know that as of May 15th, there were 66.19 million shares sold short. That's 47% of the float. That was before the bankruptcy. May 22nd was when they announced the bankruptcy. We assume all of that selling that took it down from $3 to 40 cents, some of that was short, right? The exchange has only released yep. that short data twice a month. We haven't yet seen post-bankruptcy, at least I haven't been able to find the number of short shares. But sure. are people basically people who were short needing to cover? Are all, you know, covering that would, would drive the stock up. So that's theory number one, short, short squeeze. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a good um, yeah. You do that in combination with uh, you know some Robinhood buying, and you could get a situation where you know the stock cruise back. I mean, because it's back up to pre-bankruptcy levels, right? And that's the one thing that that doesn't really make sense is that it yeah. is back to pre-bankruptcy levels. Here is their their five day chart. It's it's gone up yeah. on when, you know, Wednesday or I guess Thursday, Friday, and Monday. Um, Earlier today, it was up 40% today. Is that still the case? It's up more than 40% right now, Jordan. <laughs> it is up like 650-something percent, okay? I'm already down 
on my first uh, allotment of those short shares, dude. So, so you can see here on the chart that this is when they announced the bankruptcy, and they are ahead. Uh, they are above where they were announcing the bankruptcy. But if you go back to February, they were up at twenty. So the risk here is, Chris, that you are in a stock. We'll get to some other theories here in a minute, but you're in a stock that has some upside potential where you could you could have a short squeeze yourself, especially if you're paying a lot of interest on these hard to borrow shares. Well, let's talk about the upside, right? So what is the upside, Dave? Because from what I've seen, we're talking 19 billion in long-term debt and even the peak um, of their share price, the whole market cap was about $2 billion. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my third theory in, in, the, in the three that I have talks to well, kind of what's actually theory, going to happen with happen with it. So let's 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 stay in order because I wanted yeah. to go from the one that is like short squeezing. Yeah, that that is a possibility. But theory number 2 is pure Robin Hood FOMO. Have you guys seen like pretty much every stock that plummets gets just picked up by Robin Hood investors? They they just load up. And I, let me pull up the Robin Track chart that shows uh Hertz over time, go from 1,000 Robinhood account holders to over 100,000 Robinhood account holders as the price dropped through the floor. Oh, this is so great. <laughs> and that's, it's not the only, it's not the only one. Generally, Robinhood investors are younger, less experienced, probably haven't yeah. gone through a bankruptcy before. Uh, they're less informed, uh, but they also have FOMO. And, you know, in, in chat rooms, some of them are pointing to analyst ratings. There are still analysts who haven't pulled the ratings. Five still show uh, show uh, Hertz as a hold. One has it as a sell. The average price target, if you can give it a price target, is still $2.84. My thought is these analysts are just not deleting what they've put out there. Oh, yeah, they, just, they probably just are haven't changed their uh, piece. People are looking at analyst ratings they're quoting, from like months ago. They're quoting analysts. This is their justification. Um, and you also have to keep in mind that on Friday, the markets were up because of those better than expected employment data numbers. Uh, my favorite tweet was someone who said that uh, in this market, even bankrupt companies can go up 100% because that's what that's what Hertz did. But look at other companies on Robinhood, the other FOMO stocks have actually some of them you could call success stories uh luke and coffee let's let's let me pull up their chart hang on but luke and coffee is not a bankruptcy though it's not a bankruptcy but it's a complete fraud company right it's a fraud it will be it's a delisting um i would imagine sometime soon and so in in classic uh Robinhood style, as the stock price goes down, the um, well, the, us- the number of users have dropped off since the stock price has gone back up. But, but slightly, I mean, wow. Let's look at let's look at. Uh, you mentioned GE, Chris. GE. Well, that's a good uh, GE and Boeing. You find, good. look look at if, when, while we're on the air, I call on a conference call my guy at TD and see what the, what the uh, margin rate is. Yeah, you you can call. I'm actually very interested. Um, I, I would like. Let me see. He can you mute yourself? Or, or do it? Do no, it on I'm speakerphone. Put it on. Okay. But look at this Let's chart. See if he answers. People were buying as GE was going down, and it's starting to slightly trend up. Hey, Chris. 
Hey, how you doing, man? Um, quick question for you. I, I was shorting uh, some Hertz today, and I was just I had read that the margin, excuse me, the uh, yeah the margin rates are now like ninety percent annually, and I forget. Is there a way for me to find out intraday what I'm paying to short Hertz, or do I have to wait tonight for that email to go out? Um, I can find out what the borrow rate is for you if you'd like, and give you a shout back. It might be. Um you know, it, it does change daily, but I can find out what the intraday, you know, rate was um, and what it's expected to be today if you want me to find that out and give you a shout right back. Yeah, would you mind doing that? I really appreciate it. I was like, oh, it's 90%. That kind of changes things for me <laughs> right on that trade. I like these people that are shorting, that, that are going long hurts or killing me right now. Like, it's 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 insane. I know, I know. what's well, yeah, because they're borrowing, you know, like, they're creating, you know, the the lack of shares and then, you know, and now all of a sudden the lack of shares that are might be held in cash, they're not able to be loaned out. Now all of a sudden, you know, the shares available are, are small and you're trying to short, you know, a couple thousand, ten, whatever the amount is, 10,000, the rate then just goes up. and 30,000 you know, like, in his case. We've seen it happen time and time again on shares like, you know, Tilray. And I mean, this one's a different scenario where the company actually has filed for Chapter 11. So, like, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things, like, I you know, those rates can affect you, like, in terms of what how much you want to short because every single day you you need to see the, the stock kind of drop just to pay for that short, you know, that borrow. <laughs> it's still going up 50% a day. <laughs> yeah, and it's not. It's actually going the other way. So yeah. I get it. All right, well, cool. Would you mind just shoot, just letting me know? Uh, that would be awesome. Thank you. Will do, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Okay, that's that'll be interesting. I, I want to hear what that rate's going to be. But I mean, but let me let me ask. Can I, I just say something? It's so nice, and this is why, like, I do appreciate Ameritrade, and, and it's not for everyone. But if you guys ever get to a point, not you guys, you guys can have this right now. But like the people that are watching, where your account gets big enough that you can get kind of this private broker thing in Ameritrade. It's awesome because it's a small team. They answer the phone like right away. They'll do all kinds of weird stuff for you like that. You, you know how long that would take to get that information sitting on hold for half an hour. Yeah. Um, and it's something I got to give Ameritrade credit where it's due. They do take care of you once you get to a certain level uh, of account size. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, go ahead. But what, back what, to my, the, back to my, here, here's, here's what happens when Robinhood investors buy something like American Airlines that was falling through the floor. The green line is the number of users holding it. And look at that. The, they were buying on the way down and most of those investors are probably doing all right in their American Airlines trade. So yeah. it's, it's a FOMO factor. And I, I, I say that that's the second theory. And I want to discuss these in the chats. So I want to get thoughts on this, but Finally, theory number three is that operations will continue. I just saw a chat from uh, John Liu who said, well, Luke and Coffee is actually still operating right now. So is uh, Robin Hood, right? I mean, not, so, so is Hertz. And, and let, me just, let me just tell you. Most companies that file for bankruptcy still operate. Uh, yeah. GM is still operating. Yes. The, what, operating has nothing to do with the equity structure of a company. With the guys. validity of equity. Nothing to do with it. I know, I know. I'm just explaining <laughs> what, hey, to you. So just so everybody knows, here's what happens in a Chapter 11. 
basically um, all of the debt has to be met um, through you know asset sales or something like that, right? And so something's going to be liquidated for that debt to be paid, and it's got to be done 100%, from what I understand, in a Chapter 11. Um, and so, you know, you've got to have those obligations met, and at which point, you know, that that's when the that's when the equity holders are going to get um, taken out. Exactly. Right? Especially when you've got, when, especially when you've got nineteen billion dollars worth of debt, and I don't even know what their assets are, but I would imagine it's you know okay, somewhat less than that. There, there, there are people who don't quite understand what happens in a bankruptcy. And if you read the press release from Hertz, it basically said that all Hertz business is going to remain open and operating and serving customers. They specifically called out what basically globally they're still operating. And they said that their international properties like Europe, Australia, New Zealand, they are not included in the chapter 11 proceedings. Their franchise locations not owned by the company are not included in the proceedings. Never mind that there's no demand for cars, but you know, we know the world is roaring back to this open for business, business as usual franchise. Uh, the, the franchise fees is like 9% royalty that they're collecting. They're the 18th largest franchiser in the world. Uh, so the other part of this is their once triple A rated bonds that were, you know, that's the same rating as government bonds. Those are now junk bonds, but the Fed is buying junk bonds. They're buying ETFs that hold Hertz. So is it possible, again, just a theory, but is it possible that the Fed and this different world we're living in right now is going to prop up this company and allow them not to liquidate their entire you know, all of their vehicles and somehow let them come out ahead and still operate and eventually get back to the point of having money to give to their equity holders at some point. You know, where those, you know, where those bonds are um, and how, what percentage of them are in the, you know, J and K uh, ETF. What I would, ima- I would imagine that it's not, you know, a significant portion of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and Dave, so let me just first say that your three, arguments for why Hertz is going up, all three of them are correct. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that each of those three cases are each reasons why people are buying Hertz right now. FOMO, um, they think it's still going to operate, right? And short covering is legitimate. Like, Well, especially at a 90 or 100% borrow, I mean, all of a sudden you're like, man, it's just not worth it. I'm going to cover and just get out of this position. Yes, but at the same time, none of those three things are reasons why Hertz would ultimately not go to zero, right? Because it's still ultimately going to go to zero. Now, let's. why don't we talk about actual things that could happen? Because, listen, before I put $1 shorting Hertz, you could bet that I spent a lot of time trying to assess the real risk of Hertz stock not going to zero okay and so here's what i came up with these are actual reasons not why people are buying hertz stock which dave did a great job of but reasons uh how hertz theoretically this is all theoretical theoretically might not go to zero the hertz stock so one reason uh, one thing that could happen is uh the economy improves so much so quickly, so rapidly. I don't think this is going to happen to where just car rentals are off the chain. Insane, right? Um, to where a private equity firm comes in and is like, hey, 
we're going to buy this out of bankruptcy. And another private equity firm says, I don't think so. We're going to buy out of bankruptcy. And all of a sudden, you have a bidding war for these assets. And the next thing you know, this company that was worthless, you have people bidding crazy money just to get hold of Hertz, to own a Hertz, right? And and even without that or with that with that theory, maybe an Avis steps in and they partner with a private equity firm, right? And all of a sudden you have this huge bidding war going on for Hertz out of bankruptcy that somehow props the stock value up to a few bucks a share, right? Two, three, four, five dollars a share, whatever it happens to be. It's totally theoretical. I don't think there's any chance of that really happening, but it could happen, right? I mean, that that's a real thing that actually could happen, right? I mean, another thing is... Yes. Yeah. So can I say one more theory? All right, Wait, well, somebody said that Dave is muted. Of, of a theoretical, a theoretical that could hold the stock above zero. And this is again. I, I was I was muted during that, so let me let me quickly uh, because everyone's saying that I'm muted, and now you can hear me. Right. But basically, I was saying that in in that scenario, you are betting not only that there's going to be someone who wants Hertz as a brand or whatever it is that that you're trying to buy, but there's also a bet that the used car market is going to be held up to the point where the assets that actually exist are still worth something. So you're, you're kind of making a double bet that somebody's going to want to step in and, and buy this equity and that there will be some equity there because the assets in the vehicles isn't they, plummeting they, they because they, hear, oh, you're back. Yeah, they can okay, now. Um, so basically it's, it's, it makes it like double risky to think that Hertz is going to come back from the dead. But anything is possible. Well, I've, I've read and saw some graphs that show that the used car prices are coming back um, and that we might have actually nearly recovered. If you didn't is have Hertz liquidating its entire fleet onto the market at the same time, which would drop all, you know, all of those cars through the floor, right? So so what I what I read was there was $24 billion of debt at their last earnings call, they said, we're already starting to cut costs. We're starting to liquidate things. We are trying to hold on. They had a billion dollars of cash, $24 billion in debt. And they got it down to $19 billion before filing for bankruptcy. And now it's kind of like, who's who's going to win? Is it going to be me in my long position on Hertz or Chris in a short position? And trust me, Hertz is not a company that I think I'm going to be in for more than just... Uh, if, if I can double my money overnight, boom, I'm out. All right, can I? All right, so that was, I gave you one theory. I'll give you one more. It's kind of related. So, again, this is a situation where the V recovery hits, and like a week from now, three weeks, a month from now, we're like, wow, this is insane. People are traveling, all the rental cars are sold out, right? And, and stuff is flying. But nobody, nobody necessarily wants to come in and buy all of Hertz, okay? Uh, Avis, private equity, they don't want to buy Hertz. But, but, the, the debt holders are like, wait a second, wait a second. Um, gosh, this thing is so valuable right now. Um, we see this thing snapping back so hard in terms of the equity. And let's just say the equity gets up to 10 bucks or shit, whatever it is, right? Um, that they're like, hey, we are willing to reach, we're willing to take that equity, right? Or warrant some like weird warrant package and part of the bankruptcy where they the stock gets diluted, but they get massive warrants on future equity. 
And maybe, just maybe, as part of the way you come out of this, the debt holders are like, okay, we'll we'll reduce our debt from 19 billion to 5 billion, but we get to own 80% of the equity that's existing right now. Like there could yeah. be some theoretical structure where they do it with the existing equity and not with new equity. But so you just don't have then, any room to play I there, think Chris. They do look, it with new look, you, I don't, look, you've I got think a, the existing equity gets canceled out. Hey, yeah, you've I got a five hundred million dollar market. Cap. They cancel that out. They'll do it with new equity. That's the way it's always happen. done. So <laughs> I just can't fathom a situation beyond some the most remote of the most remote scenario where the equity doesn't get wiped out here. It's let a five hundred million dollar just, market cap company, Chris. Like, there's no there's no equity to go around to nineteen billion dollars in debt. There's no there's no equity there. Exactly. I agree. So underwater, and that's why he's short. Yeah. And I just yeah. want to say, Chris, you need to figure out how to crank up your earpiece because when Jordan's talking and you're talking, you just you got on a roll and you can't hear anything that else is no, going on. No, no, no. My earpiece fell out. It fell out. I did. I, it's back <laughs> in. It was like we run a very professional show here. <laughs> <laughs> it was like in the it was like in the edge of my ear. And I do want to just point out that um, the equity is five hundred million dollars at four bucks a share, which is overpriced as it is. I mean that when it was at you know it was two billion dollars you know before this whole thing started. Oh my gosh, Hertz is going up so much right now. It's like up a buck sixty. It's up sixty three percent. Ching ching ching. I have very very little. <laughs> Very little. I have. I'm up. Let's see how many. Sh- I have what thirty, forty thousand. Sh- Let me see how many shows. Hey, you more. Sure. Um, I feel like I might short more. <laughs> as soon as I got to figure out what the margin rates are. Um, I think I have forty thousand shares short here. Um, but most of it is in the last hour. It's almost all in the last hour, right? See, I, I only bought 10,000 shares because I was just doing it more as a joke. So that's an expensive joke, but you're it's, up. it's doing okay. You're <laughs> up, Dave. You just bought yourself a really nice lunch. Why don't you, why don't you order lunch from Hillstone today? Go pick up, like, pick up like some steak or a prime rib sandwich, dude, for yourself on that I trade. deserve it. Yes. I can't even find Hertz in my portfolio, and it's it's so annoying how how many of these stocks I have right now. I, I when I can't freaking find ah, so annoying. I want to see how many shares I have short. Uh, all right. So what else? What else is there to say about Hertz other than I just realized that I need to see how many Hertz points I have, and if there's a way for me to transfer them into another currency, like another travel currency. Oh, your loyalty points? Yeah. Because Hertz is still operating. If you wanted to rent a car, you could go rent a Hertz right now. And you should. I know, and you, but they might. And you like should, because I'm long a Hertz stock. They get a heck of a deal, I bet. You could probably buy the car for the cost of renting it. Dave, I literally can't. It's, it's like I don't even. It's like I didn't even do the trade. I, I Sometimes I think I'm going insane. I'm looking through my portfolio every single i mean hertz starts with an h right has to start with an h htz does this ever happen to you where they just don't include the stock no it definitely would be not there you might need to refresh because you're um you might be looking at a cached version of your portfolio like go out of portfolio and back into it 
Did you turn it yeah. off and turn it back on again? I'm do, just I'm jiggle the that. internet cord. <laughs> jiggle. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So that that's the hurt straight. Dave, are you going to stay in selling, until tomorrow? I, I don't know how long I'm staying in. I'm probably just staying in until I double my money. I guess I'm not even in anymore. Just refuses to acknowledge. Um, you know what's crazy? Did you get I, actually filled on your orders, or do you still have orders pending? Oh my gosh! Did you buy this something else? Short something else. It's like the Twilight Zone. I'm looking through my order history, and it doesn't even show me. Shorting hurts today. Are you sure you're in your primary account and not like in your uh, retirement account or something? Maybe. Because I've done that before. I've accidentally bought things in a retirement account when I was trying to do it in the primary. Oh, that's certainly possible. That'd be super weird. No. This is your retirement account. Honestly, in my whole life, this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened. It's like none of this. I even shorted more when I was on the phone. When we were during our episode, Dave, and we're still during our episode. Sometimes you forget. This is how we talk, even when we're not on the internet. (laughs) You're you're still on TV right now. None of it even happened. It's like I was dreaming the whole thing. It's insane. But thank goodness, because Hertz is. I'm going to put another order in right now. You you might accidentally be short eighty thousand shares in a minute here. I mean, I feel like this is this isn't. I was just giving Ameritrade all this credit for like answering the phone on the first ring, and now they're like making stuff disappear from my account. All right, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna short another ten thousand HTZ. Okay. <laughs> for Let's someone who's incredible, this is evil genius. For someone who is incredibly good at trading, Chris is incredibly bad at trading. <laughs> 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 I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna sell short ten thousand shares. It just keeps climbing, guys. At, at four thirty, I gotta keep. This is insane. Four thirty-four now is the bid. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll put it at four thirty-three. Short ten thousand shares of the day. Place order. I, now I'm just so curious what's going to happen. It it says I just put it in. Uh, let me go back to my account. I'm going to do my account history. It doesn't show up in my account history. It's, it's like it never happened. Now, uh, I'll take care of this after the show, guys. You need to look at, like, for trade. You know. Yeah, look for trade confirmations. Try to figure out what's going on there. I'll, I'll tell like, you on Discord. Yeah. Anyone that's following Discord, I'll shoot a comment in there on what, what the result of all this is. I'm either short 50,000 shares of Hertz right now or zero. I have no idea which is I wonder short. if there's like no shares available to short and like maybe TD oh. doesn't know how to deal with that. It's possible, right? And they yes. just have an error message that's correct for it. But, but, yeah, if but they, it's if, not. Are they showing that you filled? Like, are, are you getting a trade no, confirmation? it's not showing that I filled, but it also is not showing an open order. Normally, it will keep the order open if it doesn't fill. And that's what was confusing me. So maybe there's no shares to short, and yet they some there's a glitch in Ameritrade that's somehow not leaving the order open, which is ridiculous, yeah. but just wiping it out as if it got filled. Yeah, I would think normally when you're open. on a trade screen and yeah. you see an order that you place disappear from the open order, you assume it's filled, right? Yeah. You're laughing at me, Dan. I can see Everyone, I mean, everyone's laughing you at you. Isn't that what you do? You assume it's filled. 
So well, somebody I just wait, said you I can't to see short it. Hertz on Schwab. And I think I saw a comment earlier. Somebody said that you can't short Hertz on TD. So it's possible that there are just there are just no more shares to short. They can't borrow the shares to short. Which yeah, would... hey, is there a fail? Is there a failed order um, screen? So this is this is amazing. If you can't sell short, all you can do is is sell long. This helps the stock. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you I mean, have to buy puts. I have to buy puts, but the puts are like the stocks at four and a quarter. And to buy the four dollar puts, I have to pay three ten. So like I make virtually that that's a January two thousand twenty one, right? Like I know it will zero out by then. Um, so you can't make that much money on the puts. It's so disappointing. Yeah. Listen, this just proves there's no easy money in the stock market. You know Hertz is going to zero, but you really can't make much money because you can't borrow shares short. It's a, it's an this is the most insane thing, guys. It's insane. Because the market is correcting for the fact that we all know it's going to, to zero, but yet there's some imbeciles out there that are buying the stock just like it's a casino. Just well, yeah, but it's, rate it. it is a it, casino. Right? If, you writing, if, you writing those, uh, if you were writing those contracts, wouldn't you basically take out all the you know, upside and just try to take the Yeah, all the so all you can really right? do is, Dave, we can sell calls or buy puts. I mean – what do you think is the better way to trade this? If you're convinced, like 99.999%, that this thing is going to zero by January, okay? Yep. If that is, if you're convinced of that, if, okay, would you rather at four and a quarter, and it keeps going up, 428, would you rather buy, let's say, the $2 puts? For buck four, no, let's say the four dollar puts for three ten and make ninety cents. So you're basically making twenty three percent on your money when it goes to zero by January, hopefully. Um, or you can sell the four dollar calls. So let, let me just 30. let me just interrupt you and tell you that the uh, you're looking at the Januarys. If you just look at the July second, twenty four days out, they are bidding and asking the same. On calls, so I might sell covered calls on the ten thousand shares that I bought, and get an immediate dollar gain. And if that is real, and I have to think about the implications of what if it is delisted or the stock fails to exist, and I've written calls on something that I thought I owned that doesn't exist, I have to think this through. But that might be the new infinite money machine. Robinhood investors know a lot about infinite money machines. Remember their whole their whole uh, margin system. What if I just keep buying Hertz stock and selling calls on that that expire in two weeks for a dollar and have a dollar gain? Yeah, but Dave, what you're risking is that the stock gets canceled out by July. But if the stock gets canceled out, but lost four dollars and twenty eight cents, so you lost seventy five percent. If the stock gets canceled out, I've uh, I have an option to basically I'm I'm saying that I'm forced to sell a share that doesn't exist. How how does that even work? No, no, you own the stock. I own the stock, and if that stock gets canceled out, and, and that goes to zero, the stock you you lose all your money on the stock, and then you own, you're selling a call. Okay, uh, you have a call. Okay, um, that call is separate from your your you have yeah. to, 
It gets You're basically going to sell. So you would just keep that, the premium. I would keep from the that. premium, but I would lose yeah. the entire principal on the yeah. underlying stock. Yeah. yeah. So, so if I could find five percent, if I could find a uh, option that is worth three dollars, and I buy the stock at three dollars and sell the option for three dollars, then I break even with the. No. No. Okay. There's no way to trade this. There's no guys. way to trade that's this. What, that's what I'm walking <laughs> away with. There's no way to trade. You could trade it, but you're going to make like twenty five percent on your money. Uh, 22%, 23% of your money over the next eight months, assuming that it goes to zero by January, which is... Now, what happens in okay. the events... Okay, there's nothing wrong with 23% of your money, by the way. that That's a pretty good investment, um, assuming that it goes to zero, right? That's, that's the assumption. What happens if you were to write a naked put on Hertz and then the stock either goes to zero... Or fails to you know fails to exist. Doesn't if you write the naked put, you're responsible for that because you're basically yeah, you're going to get put the stock basically. Yeah. But if the stock doesn't yeah. exist, you well, you somebody somebody will, somebody will, somebody will execute it. You have to buy. Yeah. Still have to buy it, even if it doesn't exist. You still have to buy it from them. You can't yeah. get away with that. Yeah. Um, all right. So Hertz is a big pile of trash right now <laughs> because we can't even really make good money off of our thesis. Because uh, I can't short the stupid thing. If listen, I could, if I could just short it at a reasonable rate and I could double my money when it goes to zero, that's what I wanted to do. Like, listen, I, I would or you could be long the stock money. like I am and double your money in a couple of days. Oh my gosh! Or crazy. a couple of hours, as the case You're may crazy. be. <laughs> a couple of hours. I will not out of out of out of my it's just. A, I can't. I can't buy Hertz. It's up fifty percent today. I will not do. It. I wanted to put a hundred thousand into Hertz and double my money when it goes to zero. Really, so I can talk about it for the next twenty years about all the idiots that drove Hertz stock price up to four, and then I just quickly double my money over a few months because it was so guaranteed that it was going to go to zero. Right? Oh, it's falling. This whole tra- this is such a downer for me <laughs> that I can't make money off of Hertz because I've been waiting for this. I yep. guess I needed to short, but you know I didn't want to short it sooner because now you'd be really screwed, right? Because you would have <laughs> lost half your money on this epic run for no reason. Well, if you're uh, if you're looking to buy some, it's uh, it is going down a little bit, so you, this yeah, could be your big opportunity. Yeah, if you're looking to buy the dip, you got you got one. Okay, can we can we please talk about things that make sense now for the rest of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I would love to have a, a, a rational conversation. Okay, let's have a rational conversation. First of all, before I get started on these stock trades, um, can I just say that uh, I read a comment in our Discord channel that I thought was really interesting. It's someone that has really embraced social arb investing, uh, but they haven't embraced it across the whole portfolio. I think they're like a value investor or something. I don't know. And I just want to say that that's okay. I, I think it's really interesting that you. this is not an all or nothing thing. It kind of is for us. For us, we're social arb traders, and we're so bought in to this methodology. This is like all I do. If it's not social arb, I'm not doing it. But that doesn't mean that someone else can't still you know, invest in ETFs for 50% of their portfolio or 80% of their portfolio, or maybe they're a value investor, or maybe they're a fundamental investor. That's fine. I don't believe in that. I don't believe it's the preferred methodology for ge- generating alpha. But what if you just take 5% of your portfolio and try out the social arb thing that dumb money's all about? 
or maybe 20% of your portfolio. Maybe in 10 years, maybe in 15 years, you know, when you're that part of your portfolio is destroying it, right? Maybe you're like, screw it. I'm going to do what dumb money does. I'm going to do this with 100% of my portfolio. But that's not for everyone, right? That's no, not for everyone. And in fact, you know, I'm you're like 100% social ARB investing. I probably am more like 20% of my portfolio is in these knowledge-based, idea-based uh, trades. And the rest is in my forever stock of, of things like the uh, the VOO, the, the S&P 500 ETF. So I'm, I'm way more conservative than you. Right now, when we're in this crazy volatile time and there's so much opportunity and so many different theories to test and try that I've allocated way more of my portfolio to idea-based investing and, and social ARB trading. But generally speaking, that's that's my fun play money. And if if it if it wins, it's like a oh, that would be that's awesome. Five X my money on that portion. But I have a more kind of long-term strategy for the rest of my portfolio. And by the way, I think it's a good time to say that we're talking about methodologies and strategies here because we're not financial advisors. So we would never tell you what to do with your money or we're never going to tell you what to trade. Uh, we will tell you sometimes what we're trading if we think it could help uh, you understand the methodology and the strategy. And we want to help educate you on this strategy to the degree that you're interested in learning. And that's it. It's for entertainment and education. Uh, so please don't mirror our trades. Our risk tolerance is different than yours. Okay. Um so can I talk about a social arb trade then? I think is really yes. interesting that I actually, And is this one that you found through Discord or that you started on well, your yeah, own? Yeah, so this is this is a stock that I have and I think all of us have traded pretty frequently in the past. Um I don't know if you recall back when Zika was having its moment, uh but when Zika was around, we had a a huge trade on this is when we were running our company ticker tags and we were able to identify the number of people that were talking about uh, bug repellent and we did some analysis on the mentioned frequency of the word bug repellent uh, on an annualized basis going back five or six years and it had spiked way bigger than it ever had going into that spring. I think it was the same spring as Zika, but it wasn't even Zika necessarily that was pushing it up. It was the fact that we had like this perfect storm of weather and humidity, and we had a really, really warm winter, I think, that year. And there were more mosquitoes than you've ever seen before, and you couldn't even buy bug repellent. So we made a pretty big trade on a stock called Spectrum Brands. And it was interesting because at the time, uh, I was out uh, basically traveling to New York every week, meeting with hedge funds. And I remember going to a dinner with a bunch of hedge fund managers. And I got to pitch. Uh, you know, Actually, one of the hedge fund managers was owned a significant stake in Spectrum Brands and asked me what I thought about uh, there are different brands that they sold there. And if I could give him some analysis using ticker tags and I pulled the chart the next morning on bug spray or insect repellent, sent that to him and they were so impressed with ticker tags at the time. Uh, but they were one of the biggest owners of Spectrum brands. And here we are again, 2020, and we might just be 
And another one of those moments for that company, Spectrum Brands, I was looking into it. There was someone in Discord this morning that brought up Spectrum Brands. It was one of the last comments. By the way, I tried to catch up early, early this morning on Discord, but I couldn't because Dave put a setting on the Ask Dumb Money channel inside of uh, our Discord server. At the, at the request that, like, of limited. our mods, and it was the most requested feature is to slow down the conversation in Ask Dumb Money. But I forgot to give you access to respond to as many questions as you want. So sorry about that. I You're was now... on there like trying to comment and it wouldn't <laughs> let me. I was going crazy. I was like Googling, why is Discord not letting me comment? And I saw that little ticker with the slowdown. Like, what is slowdown? How do I unlock slowdown? And so I, I finally was able to comment. I'm getting caught up, guys. But here's what's interesting. So... We talked about our outdoor trade. This would have been a perfect uh, conversation for the Great Outdoors episode we did a couple weeks ago. Guys, if you didn't see our Great Outdoors episode, go watch it. All right, everyone is staying at also the stay-at-home episode, right? They're staying at home this summer. They're not, like, going on vacation. And if they are going on vacation, what are they doing? They're going camping. They're doing stuff outdoors, right? It's all, like, nature, fishing, hunting, all that stuff, right? Camping, canoeing, going to the lake. What do you need more of when you're going to the lake or staying at home in your backyard or your front yard all summer? You need more insect repellent, right? What tag is that that you just pulled in? That's bug spray. Pull insect repellent. That's the one that people generally... Oh, I misspelled repellent. Insect... <laughs> yeah. in, in... If you pull insect repellent, you will see, or mosquito spray, pull mosquito spray, actually. Here's mosquito spray. If you bug, pull bug, mosquito bug spray, spray is really what people are searching for more just on a, on a overall basis. But here's mosquito okay. spray. Mosquito spray in the one that I put in the G trends that I pulled, I pulled a five year for the United States. Okay. Not global for the United States. That's what this is. And it is peaking at for June. We're just barely starting June and it's already 15% higher than last year. And we're not even remotely through June yet. So I think we're going to end up there probably 20 to 25% above where we normally are for mosquito spray in the United States. Uh, for June. And you're, because that of that, US? Your, your stock pick is this company that owns, what, Cutter and some other brands? They own Cutter, but what's really interesting is it's not just a trade on Cutter, right? Because if you look at Spectrum Brands, they've had a really rough last few years, okay? Really rough. This is not a company that's been doing well. But what's amazing is if you look at the areas that they're in, they're in uh, gardening supplies. They make all that spectra. They own spectricide, right? They own all the stuff for your garden, which is red hot, as we know. They do pet stuff, right? They have a bunch of pets uh, division. They have a small appliance division, right? So, like, almost everything that they do is like red hot, like small appliances for the home. Stuff for your pets. We know the pets have never been hotter. Look at Chewy Stock, right? More people. You can't get a dog right now. There's like a wait list to buy a dog right now in America. Um, if you look at bug spray, if you look at gardening stuff, like basically everything these guys are doing is like 
like a hot area right now. And it was so off my radar, I can't believe I didn't think about Spectrum because it's a stock we traded so actively in the past. And so if we pull a stock chart on Spectrum, they still have room here. Um, SPB. Here's their stock chart. And, you know, they were trading close to 65 before the lockdown dropped all the way to 25, but they're back to 50. Yeah, they still have, what, 20? They're one of these stocks that kind of has 23% left in them, 22, 23, 24. But what I really like about Spectrum is, and by the way, I want to say this, I have not done a deep dive into Spectrum research. I really need to do a deep dive before I go all in on this one. I bought a couple hundred thousand dollars of Spectrum this morning. Um, I think it was like 4,000 shares. But... Unlike restaurant stocks that are going to be in retailers that are quite honestly, those guys are not going to recover fully, probably for another six to eight months, maybe 12 months. Who knows? Um, unlike those guys, Spectrum, they might recover like right now, like their next earnings report could be super strong, right? It could be super strong. So we might see a pretty rapid recovery back up to their, you know, February levels on the next earnings. I don't know. I need to do more work, okay? But I, it's really, really interesting. Um, so thank you, whoever that was in Discord. I, I feel like I should give them credit. Jordan, you're better than me at giving people credit uh, <laughs> when they come up with something interesting. I should probably look and see who that was on Discord here. Um, give them the credit they it deserve. Was, uh, well, you quoted them. It was uh, Mass TM 30M. I don't know. Okay. Well, whoever you are. Trading Thank Spectrum you. Brands as they own Cutter. It's an interesting trade. Uh, thesis that people are staying home this summer and camping more. Demand for mosquito spray likely to climb. And yep, you responded uh, 1051 this morning. And that is so, how Discord works. Continue. Yeah. So, so what do you guys think? Does this make sense to you? I mean, you look, you look at their product categories. I mean, Jordan, what do you think? I mean, I think it makes sense. Um, right? I don't think, I mean, I'm not super excited about it. It, it. To me, that G Trends looked about like, you know, the beginning of what happened last year. So I think they'll, you know, I don't think they'll do any less business, um, maybe slightly more. Um, but how about some of those categories? Garden, Jordan, how about their gardening division? How about their pets division and their small appliance? Yeah, sure, that's they, the thing is I don't know what their brands are, right? We know Chewy's going to do well because all that stuff. Chewy is a fantastic company, by the way. And they send everything to you. It was part of the social distancing play because you don't have to go into a store to buy any of that stuff. Um, Chewy just sends it all direct to you, right? Um, well, let's look at their brands because yeah, so the, Chewy's yeah, I a know retailer. What the brands are. So Spectrum Brands, they make the products that are distributed through a Chewy, right? So, like, their brands are, um, let's see, in global pet care. I'm just going to look at pet care right now, okay? Uh, They have, oh, my gosh, a whole ton of rando brands. I'll put it on the screen as soon as I'm I'm placing an order right now. So I just bought my uh, Spectrum Verify order, $100,000 place order. Okay, Jordan, in Europe, they have Imes and Yukonuba. Okay, they have litter made for cats here. Uh, they have Nature's Miracle. These are like big, big, big pet brands um, that they have. A bunch of fish stuff too, which I could care less about. 
Uh, home. Let's look at the hardware and home improvement brands. All right. Jordan, they have quick – and I did hear that they talked about – in the, they, the last time it looks like they communicated was like March, which mm-hmm. was like right at the beginning of all this. Yeah. And I think they talked about how they they make Quickset, Quickset and Baldwin, right? And they have some kind of anti-microbacterial doorknobs or something like that, which I think is just ridiculous. Yeah. But that's what they were talking about back then. But they have Quickset – they have Baldwin, um, National Hardware, Easy Set, so like locks. Like maybe with the police, we're going to talk about this later in the episode, the police getting defunded. You think maybe people want to like get more locks and deadbolts on their door potentially? I don't well, know. Well, and just like people doing home improvement projects right now and the quick set stuff and, and Baldwin actually has some quick set stuff. I mean, that's stuff that you can just install yourself, key it yourself. So it kind of fits into the DIY. Okay. Thing. So you, you like, you like that an easy set uh, like that, have, right? Yeah. So you like that. Now, can we talk about the, what I'm really excited about, which is home and garden? Oh, man. All right. Ready for this? They have Spectracide, Hotshot, Cutter, Ecologic, Repel, Liquid Fence, Garden Safe, and Black Flag. Guys, let me just tell you something. I, could, if I, I should just bring my, lap, my camera downstairs right now to show you. I ordered 24 bottles of Yard Fogger. I ordered, uh, I think, four bottles of wasp spray because I have so many wasps in my yard. We're spending so much time at our house right now in our yard. I'm trying to kill the wasp. Uh, I'm trying to, like, get the mosquitoes not to come. We must have 30 bottles of actual, like, the bug spray. We don't have Cutter. We have the other brand, but it doesn't really matter. They all sell equally. Um, And then if you guys are doing gardening stuff, you're going to be using the Spectracide, right? Spectracide for gardening, right? So, like... These brands have got to be on fire right now in the home and garden. And then they yeah, have I mean, just anything that's at Home Depot is probably going to do well. And that, that's these guys look like they just send all just mass shipments to Lowe's and Home Depot uh, with those brands. Right. 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 Yeah. And then how about this home and personal care? Ready for this? Now, Remington. I, who's this? Is that are they like shave? Oh, Remington's not doing. Who needs to shave now? That's a bad yeah. one. But uh, Black and Decker. I, I re- already purchased a new handbag uh, during the quarantine. Uh, George Foreman, cool. Oh my gosh, what is like the biggest topic right? Dave, you gotta pull this. Breadman, they make a bread making machine. Dave, you gotta pull a, a, a bread maker right now. You, I know this is like the hottest thing in the world right now is people baking bread, and they own Breadman. Are you serious? Also, my wife uh, <laughs> ordered all these vegetables and fruit. Guess what? She saw some Reese Witherspoon video of her making juice at home and talk, just talking about how amazing this like juice th- concoction is. And like my wife tried to recreate it. And so my wife bought one of these fancy blenders. OK, and so like they make Juice Man, which is like mm-hmm. one of the big, yeah. biggest like juicers. Right. I'm telling you, I think this portfolio. This, this is a here. chart. This is a uh, five year chart for bread maker. Uh, U.S. and look at that giant spark. We've missed it, but it will. Th- this chart happened during this quarter, and we haven't yeah. really heard anything from Spectrum Brands talking about their uh, sales since uh, since February or March, right? Uh, I'm just buying another. They make, 2000 they make the George Foreman. They make Black and Decker. They make Juice. I don't know Juice Man. Home and Garden, though. Here, here are all the brands that you were talking about there. Are you buying more shares? I only bought I only bought a thousand. Oh man, our audience is bidding me up now. 
I know I had to change my uh, I had to change my order. Your order? In <laughs> your order? Are you in there buying it? Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm in there buying buying it. Here's here's my hey, uh, shares. Get out of here. I I got get through it. <laughs> I had I had to raise my limit to fifty one dollars so that I could get it, and it looks like I got an average price of. Uh, oh, you're killing me, Dave. That's got to be uh, Jordan. Are you in there stuffing the market? I'm not. I've got I've got an order ready to go, but I'm just <laughs> hoping I'm just hoping that this. Did once this uh, I bought two thousand shares, but you already have four thousand. So are you trying to get oh, more? You guys are you guys are killing me right now. You're you're all killing me. Oh, the dumb money people are killing me. My partners are killing me. I just had a why. You know, someone that was smart would do this before they talked about it, right? <laughs> no, we're not. We're dumb money. Um, here, here is a, uh, a thought, though, that it just went by in the uh, chat and it went so fast. I, where is it here? Oh, so a lot of people did buy shavers because they can't go to the barber. So I actually did see a lot of people ah. on YouTube actually giving haircutting demonstrations with their shaver, first timers trying it. So that's a good point. It was a different brand that that was being promoted on all these channels because I think they sent it to a bunch of YouTube influencers for free. To, to give haircuts. What, what What's that normal wall? 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 Yeah. yeah. So they sent a bunch of shavers out to YouTubers. Yeah. Uh, and I saw a bunch of people getting haircuts like about a month this is, ago. This is a wall haircut right here. Nice. This is, uh, I finally did get a haircut. If you guys noticed, um, I, I went to my stylist, went to it. He moved to a smaller location with just him and his hair washer. He was wearing a full shield and mask. I was wearing a mask, but that is the first time I've gone to a commercial venture outside of the one time I went to a patio restaurant. And otherwise, I'm I'm at home and happy. Wow. I can't believe you went to an inside place. Um, so I actually have not gotten a haircut, and I'm kind of liking this 70s vibe here. I think I might might just keep going with it for a while. I I was into so. it, and I told him not to cut too much, so I'm I'm still fairly uh, shaggy. It's it. I, I feel like I feel like we're living in a time where being shaggy is the like the right thing to do. It just shows how how serious you are about distancing. Totally. Did you see the new Scoob movie, Dave, on iTunes? Uh, no, I have not, but uh, it's promoted Scooby every Dude. time I turn on my TV. <laughs> shaggy. Okay. So. Um, I like it guys. I really like it. Now I'm, now I'm, now I'm too, I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to wait for the stock to cool off a little bit before I get more though. Cause it's like, yeah. you guys are heating it up here, but Jordan, if you're not in it, just go ahead and get some. It's a good, it's a good trade. I think. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> now, I'm excited I, I don't about know. It. I don't know if this is real at all, but look at this, this bump from about when we started talking about it until now. <laughs> oh, that's totally the dumb one, Bob. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> uh, well, I was buying it. Oh, Literally, we, it we talked about it, then I bought it. Probably, so you, you beat me. I'll you have a way better buy price. Back. I'll wait for the drop back before I buy yeah. any more. Um, so there's another stock that I bought, and I know we talked about it a little bit over the weekend. Um, Should I get my finger I on like the uh, buy trigger? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not buying more of it now because I already oh, bought it last week. Yeah, it's one. It's one that we've like, already talked about, and it's it's part of uh, the kind of opening up and and figuring out a way to make money off of restaurants, right? Yeah, I mean, like, like I wanted to own some restaurants, and but like, and I bought Cheesecake Factory, but man, Cheesecake Factory is so hot. It's like, where can I go beyond Cheesecake Factory? And I really like Cracker Barrel because out of all the restaurants, think about Cracker Barrel. 
you have two two people eat at Cracker Barrel. One are people that are traveling from city to city because they're all off the highway, right? And so, what are you laughing at me talking about Cracker Barrel? And so we all we already know that the road trip road trips are are in this summer, right? Everybody is road tripping this summer. Okay, they're all in fact. um, My uh, my daughter's best friend, uh, her parents. She just she's at her house yesterday, and and her parents told us that oh, they're leaving. They're leaving for two weeks. They decided in like an hour, and they're off for a two week road trip to Florida. People are just getting out and leaving. They're getting in their car and they're going, Um, but. You're eating a Cracker Barrel because that's what they have on the side of the highway when you don't want fast food. Don't you guys do that when you road trip? Like stop. When I was a kid, my we I I have so many memories of Cracker Barrel because when I was on a road trip with my grandparents, we went. My grandma would like <laughs> just shop the front store for an hour before we went and ate, and it, yes. was, it was like a whole it was like a whole experience. <laughs> Me too. Me I've, too. Like I've I, only been all the time. It was always Cracker Barrel because like yeah. My mom, who's probably watching this episode, uh, was very particular about where she eats. She's like neurotic when it comes to people, places being clean. And she's like, it was the only roadside place that she was approved for us to stop and eat at was like Cracker Barrel. Because they are nice. You know, they do a good job. They're like nice, clean places to stop and eat. But so it's that's a little, uh, you know, I've, it is what it is. But I've the, only been once in my life. It's pretty good. They're pretty good breakfast. I've, I've been it. hundreds of times. <laughs> hundreds. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Um, the other people that are eating a Cracker Barrel, I think, are people that live in those small towns, right? Those rural communities who, let's just, let's just say it for what it is. A lot of them are COVID deniers, right? They're deniers. So they don't believe in any of this, which is fine. Hey, it is what it is. But what I'm saying is I think those are people in those areas, quite honestly, the virus has not spread that much. And it is really low. Like it is non-existent or really, really low. So they're going out to eat. They're not afraid to go to restaurants as much as people in urban areas. So I feel like Cracker Barrel is pretty well positioned for this. Another company that my buddy Eric in Oklahoma told me about that was not one I ordinarily think of is uh, BJ's, BJ's Restaurants. Not BJ's Wholesale, but BJ's Restaurants. Like, they're also in, like, the South and, like, areas where people are more relaxed with the whole stay-at-home thing. So I bought some of them as well. And so I like I like both those trades for restaurants. You know, these trades are all getting crowded. I mean, Dave, you yeah. see cheesecake? It just keeps moving. It I know, I know. And that's the one I got in because I don't have enough experience with Cracker Barrel to know what it is or if it's any good. I have seen the sign off the road, but I can only think once and and we kind of went as a joke. So it's not a restaurant that uh, I went in on as an investment, but I, um, I I did buy Cheesecake Factory and I still like that, that, you know, as a comeback trade. And I think that Cheesecake Factory will recover and get back to their normal sales volume and they got to skip their rent for a month or whatever, and it, that one makes sense to me. Cracker Barrel, I understand your thesis. I like the idea of a roadside-focused place, but I just I just didn't do it. Okay, so another stock that I equally I remain excited about. Everyone's like, Chris, are you still in GAN? It's down so much. It's like, are you still in? Are you still in? I'm getting these texts from like our whole crew and all these people in the neighborhood that are in GAN. Uh, yeah, uh, not only in GAN, but 
Guess what I bought another 10,000 shares of today. I bought 10,000 yep. more shares again, mostly when it was down. It was almost all those shares I bought when it was down uh, this morning. I'm pretty happy about that trade. It's up a buck 40 right now. I'm up to 70,000 shares again now. So it's pretty significant, wouldn't you say? It's uh that's oh a boy, big. That's, that's a, a big hole for you. How much GAN that actually is? Yeah, that's a lot of GAN. That's a lot of GAN. So, uh, yeah, I bought more GAN. Jordan, you got your GAN right. You're in now. I've got a little bit. I, I, I don't know. This don't morning know. was your chance. I know. Yeah, and so I, mean, I bought some on a dip earlier, but I, you know, I, maybe I'll. Well, pick here's up more the thing, guys. Of... Like we know what's happening in the market right now. It's not a big mystery. Uh, There's massive, massive rotation that's coming out of stocks that have moved up big. And the market is so greedy right now. It's looking for where can it make the next 30 percent, right? Like where's the next 30 percent move coming from? What sectors? And it's not coming from technology at the moment. And they're like, what's left? What's left? And the things that are left are restaurants and travel and casinos and um, what else? Retail, right? Retail yeah. and entertainment. Entertainment. That's why last week I got six flags. Dave, you got six flags. I also bought. I did I not get six flags, six did I? I did not get six flags. Yeah, you didn't buy. You should have bought the. Uh, uh, what's what's what? the other one, Chris? Cedar Fun. Fair, man. Cedar Fair, yeah. Entertainment. Yeah. It's Cedar Fair. So. I mean, like that's listen. I you can't fight the market. The market is greedy. They're hungry right now. They want big returns. Listen, it's like an addict. You get used to these big returns, and you want more of it. Well, I was talking about this, Dave. I was worried. Am, am I an, am I officially an addict to big returns now? I think most all the Robinhood guys are. I think I am too. I think you are an addict. We've talked about this. We're going to have to uh, put you in some kind of uh, investor recovery program. But yeah, the, this is the uh, Cedar <laughs> Fair and Six Flags is the uh, the blue line there. Both of them have been doing quite well over the past month and uh, so, still I have room to get back to the top. I think it's so thirsty for these big gains, and it's like, where can we still get them? They're looking at how much these stocks down from their all-time highs in February, and they're like, there's still 20% juice left in this stuff. Let, let's get it closer, right? Let's get it closer. And so where, what are they selling? They're selling GAN, and they're selling DraftKings, and they're selling Penn National, right? They're selling that stuff. Well, that's fine, and quite honestly, Penn National and DraftKings, I'm not sure if I blame them, really, but... I like GAN so much that I'm going to buy into that weakness. I'm going to I'm going to go heavier into GAN on that weakness. That's exactly what I've done. Um, now my plan with DraftKings and Penn was always to sell in July once sports are back, right? And sports they're coming back. Like it, it's like it's like right? Isn't the the news over the weekend just more affirmative to everything is coming back in July, right? Yeah. Hockey, what, the NBA has has a schedule now, right? Or got something mm-hmm. approved, and it's it's just it's going to be one falling after the next, and we're going to have announcements of every sport, and gambling is going to be big, and yeah, it it it's all coming back, and I and I can't wait. I want I want so badly to watch my Mavs again <laughs> every day. Um, so listen, that's. That's why I think GAN is down. I don't think it's down because somebody has some information about GAN that maybe we don't have. Because that's something I always think about, right? Uh, And I always say don't look at stock price. What I mean is don't let the stock price itself – I don't let the stock price itself dictate 
my trading. But um, when you know the market is not appreciating the story, I don't think I think they're lumping Gan in with Penn and DraftKings, and that's fine. But I don't think it's the same story. I think it's a different story, and this just proves to me this move down in Gan that the market is not really appreciating the Gan story as its own. They're just lumping it in with the you know the DraftKings of the world. So. That's fine. I'm going to go in heavier on GAN here. Uh, I, if we do get a pop into sports coming back in July, I'll probably sell off my DraftKings and Penn, or most of it. Not all of it, but most of it. Um, have you? So I was just reading in our comments, um, it looks like BETZ instead of GAN is, is what one person has done, uh, the, the Arthur's Twins. Um, BETZ is an ETF of gaming stocks, right? And it it's fairly new to the uh, market. Let me see if I can figure out what their holdings actually are. Um, so they hold DraftKings, GAN, PIN. It's basically an ETF of the exact stocks that, that you're considering, but without having to monitor it. Well, Dave, here's what I don't like about that, uh, is that any ETF like that is going to come, obviously, with an internal management fee. And I don't know what is on that. It's probably, I would imagine, at least Zero, two temps. It's 0.75. Three tenths of a point. Three ooh, three tenths of a point. Zero point seven five net expense ratio. That's a lot. So I don't want to pay a third of one percentage point to do something that I can do for free on my own. Because remember, guys, trading is free now, right? So like I would rather there's not like a thousand gaming stocks. I would if you really want to own all the gaming stocks. Take five minutes, look Google the gaming stocks. There's like 10 of them or 15 of them, whatever it is, and just buy them. Like just buy all 15 and save yourself a third of a point, right? I think the, the only argument for using an ETF versus um, doing it yourself is that they have access to some things that are non-public companies. So just looking at their top holdings here, and you're not going to be able to see that because it's off the edge of the screen, but so they DraftKings is their top holding, but something Flutter Entertainment, a private company is um six percent of their holdings and then uh, i Gan, thought they're public public they're, they're not on the u.s exchange but i think i think so Flutter they're holding they're basically holding a bunch of things that we would not have access to so pen is public here but betmakers technology group limited is not so that's that's the only argument for using an etf with a management fee if you want to just kind of less focused exposure i'm all in favor of gan specifically because i i've know something about it and it is um the kind of backbone for other casinos to uh use as as their online platform as as the laws change and i'd have to do some research to even figure out what flutter entertainment is or points oh, no, holding flutter, ordinary Dave, flutter is huge so flutter actually owns FanDuel. okay to the best of my knowledge, unless I'm confusing stuff. They're, they're European. These stocks, I think, are public, Dave. They just trade on the European market. So Flutter is gigantic. Yep. Um, uh, it's it's acquired... an OTC uh, stock here, PDY, PY. Yeah, they probably have tracking stocks. And that, that's, for them, that's so. Paddy Power? Uh, yeah, Paddy that's the Power, UK one? Yeah. Flutter. It, they're like one of the largest in the world in terms of online, o- online gaming. Um, and... They do own, I think, FanDuel. I think they acquired FanDuel, so uh, which GAN supports, obviously. Anyway, I like the GAN trade. I'm sticking with it. That's what I'm saying, okay? So to each his own, but I'm sticking with it here. Uh, I'm also, at the same time, I'm sticking with Peloton. Guys, I'm not 
selling one penny of my Peloton right now. I always planned. By the way, you remember when we just talked about the vaccine trade? All this is happening, and we don't even have a vaccine yet. Yeah. Do you think there's more to move in this market when we get finally get our good vaccine news in the next two weeks, hopefully, on that Oxford study? I the mean, Oxford or we'll, study. Let's talk. Because they announced they're going to produce two billion doses. They're literally producing two billion doses by the end of the year. I think that has to be good news for what they're seeing in the study. Obviously, they haven't announced anything yet, but I don't think they're seeing bad stuff in the study and then also producing two billion doses to be prepared by the end of the year. Yeah. So I think we're going to get some good vaccine news in the next few weeks. I think that will continue to propel the market. I think that will continue to help the travel stocks and restaurants and retailers and all the all the junky stuff that's been, you know, that still has the 25% juice left in it. I think that'll be like that tipping point that gets all these companies that still have depressed stock prices back up to normal because it's all yeah, about I future expectations. But we may get there before the vaccine even is a thing. We may. We, I mean, everyone's so enthusiastic about getting out and doing things and reopening that we might get there long before there's actually news of a real vaccine being delivered and taken by real people and who says that we can't go 20 percent higher than all-time highs who says we can't do that not me i'm not, not saying me. that i think we could go 20 percent higher yeah i mean there's more there's more money in the system right now for sure so You're right there's more money in the system there's trillions of dollars in the system now uh we anytime you get all right remember every time that trump <laughs> Would 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 call this? We'd have the issue with China on, on the on the tariff situation, yes. and then like two weeks later, he'd unravel it and unwind it and be like, "Oh, we're good now," even though we really weren't. And then every time he'd say we're good, we would recover what we dipped when the when the whole tariff situation got bad, plus another twenty percent. Like it would go up more each time, right? Like so, like there's this general psychology. That when you're depressed, have a market's depressed, and you come out of it, I think you're going to overcorrect on the upside. So I think people, we've talked about this, the roaring 2020s, they're going to be so happy to be out and about again next year that they're going to travel twice as much as they normally would. They're going to spend twice as much at restaurants and traveling and on hotels and on airfare and doing all this stuff and just doing all the stuff, Right. And I think that might lead us to a place where we see, at least temporarily, all-time highs in the market, plus some. All-time plus, plus, plus. So I'm not afraid of these levels here if the market continues, if we continue to get good news on the virus. Do you agree? And speaking of all-time highs, look at what's happening with Hertz today. (laughs) (laughs) I am so happy that there were no shares to short. You would, you would, <laughs> yeah, you'd be paying interest and losing money at the same time. Oh my goodness! Meanwhile, it's, I've I'm, made money today on buying something as purely as an argument and devil's advocate for your thesis. Well, I am not short, so I'm not losing <laughs> any money there. You're making money. I'm happy for you, Dave, and I'm happy it's, for me. It's a best case scenario where we, we both win. You didn't accidentally do what you thought you were doing, and I'm making money in the process. Just no one to sell. Please, no one to sell that thing. Oh, trust um, me, I will. I'm I'm not holding this long. It is, Dave. This is so insane. I I. It's like every day in the market. I, ca- I I know how much I made my you know when I first came out of college and I was working full time, and like that salary stayed the same for a very long time, <laughs> like years and years and years and years. And yeah. right now, 
Every day, I'm making 10 years of salary. Every day. Each day. 10 years in one day. Every day. 10 years. 10, 10, 10, 10. It's just like, that's what the stuff, that's the power of investing. That's the power of when, you know, you can make your money work for you. We have worked, like everyone who watches our show, all of us, me, Dave, George, we have worked all of our lives in real jobs up until very recently. We're, we're in our mid-40s. Jordan is slightly younger, okay? But we're being Dave, we're in our mid-40s, and we worked for our money every day. And I, I was joking with a friend, Lynn, actually. I told Lynn, I was like, you need to buy the, the book and read it with his son, uh, Carson, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Because I, when my kids turn 12, it's such it's, it's just a stupid old book. But it's so meaningful in that it tells the tale of two worlds, one where you have to work for your money and the second world where your money works for you. Right. And so it's it's an obvious concept, but it's a concept that you just can't you just can't focus too much on. Uh, You can't spend enough time thinking about it because it's so it's just so powerful. And we finally gotten to a point, guys, where our money is doing the hard work for us. Right. And it's the power of exponential gains. And I just want everyone watching the show to understand if you do one thing in life, focus on learning how to invest. This is it. You don't have to watch Dumb Money. Watch someone else's channel. I don't care. But spend some time on this because there is no hobby in the world that will pay you as much as the hobby of investing. Agreed? Oh, absolutely. And that's why it has become more than just a hobby for us. I do want to say that this Monday show, we are really off our game and – it was pointed out in the live chat, so I just have to share this. The dumb money guys are off today. I didn't know what option trading was and thinking an ETF would have private companies. Chris didn't know uh, whether your trade was executed or not. Definitely signs of a Monday. <laughs> but look at this. We have a lot of people watching us, so we're doing something right. <laughs> well, I, well, all right. I want to throw out a trade idea that I've done zero research on for the community. All right? f- I'm gonna just- 584 people paying attention to our nonsense right now. Okay. Well, I want to ask the 584 people a question because I was just thinking about this. Let us know in, um, the, in the live chat. There, okay. So there, there's news that came out over the weekend, and I don't want to get into the political side of this because it's irrelevant. We're investors, right? We're apolitical. Um, Min, uh, was it Minneapolis or Minnesota is talking about defunding its entire police department, canceling the police department, right? Which what that really means is restructuring the police from the from the top down or from the bottom up, whatever. They're gonna that's gonna debate's gonna go on there for weeks to months, okay? And I don't know what it looks like at the end of the day. Um, I don't know if they ultimately have a smaller t- police department uh, if it's less effective, more effective, maybe more ethical, less ethical. I don't want to talk about politics on this show, but what I do want to talk about is the impact that has on consumer behavior. So my question that I want to pose is if this thing that's happening in Minneapolis, if if that actually happens, or even if it doesn't happen, if that conversation moves nationally to other cities talking about doing the same thing, whether they ultimately do it or not, and whether it ultimately ends up being any different than what the police department looks like now or not, does that conversation cause people to freak out 
and buy more guns, okay? Uh, and buy more ammunition and buy more safety things, whatever those safety things are. It could be tasers for their home protection if you don't want, if you're in a state where you're not allowed to buy a gun or your morals or ethics say that it's not appropriate to buy a gun. All right, maybe you're buying a taser. Maybe you're buying a gun. Maybe you're buying a new Baldwin lock for your house, Jordan, right? I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I'll tell you guys, we bought uh, a lock for our side gate that's going in tomorrow, I think. Uh, So our side gate, we have, like, a manual lock. I got to go out there every night and do it. But, like, we bought one of those really nice punch code locks to where it's an outdoor lock. It's, like, $350 to get it installed. And you punch code it, and it opens up the wooden gate, right? And so I have a feeling that a lot of people are buying stuff like that to make sure their yards are secure, uh, obviously with the riots going on. Um, but what if we talk? What this defunding police gets really big? Will that just escalate that? Could this be the? Could this be like the perfect storm for gun companies? You have Possibly. an election coming up, right? That could be a Democratic winner that would put further pressure on gun laws. Now, what about your, your trade in Vista Outdoors? The streets for weeks. Could it, do you think? I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, All right, yeah. fine. Let's not talk about it anymore today, but let's pose the question. Oh, sorry. Maybe let's on Thursday. The they, they, weren't, they weren't hearing me. But I think I feel like you're like going, getting ahead of yourself and talking about a topic that should be our Thursday episode. What does defunding okay, the police mean for investors? Fine. Thursday's episode, done. And, but let's put it on Discord. Let's talk about it. I want to hear what people think about it before that episode. Oh, did Dave just, Dave just leave us? Dave, yeah, you? Dave bounced. I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's uh, but no, I think, I think that's a good topic. I, you know, um, I've been trying to get my mind wrapped around that for the last few days, and I think this will help me kind of formalize all of that uh, into some good thoughts. Good hey, opportunity. Jordan, hmm? uh, also, I did promise one of our Discord members I would ask this question on the episode. I'm actually super curious, um, uh, and I have who posed – the question, I took a picture of it here. Um, let's see. It was Lisa Autry said, can you on the next show ask how we found your Dumb Money Live YouTube show? I think it would be fun to hear the ways we found out about your show. And quite honestly, I'm super curious, guys. I mean, if you would put in the comments for us, how did you find our YouTube show, Dumb Money Live? Were you followers of dumb money when you know our primary channel to where we talked about startups for the past year and a half uh did you find out about us through a friend is it like an a you just does you did youtube promote us and you just saw like an ad on youtube i don't know how that works uh how did you find our channel would love would love to know sorry i i'm trying a new you know how i had audio problems on uh thursday I'm trying a different system where I don't have my laptop on the desk because of all the fan noise. And it was so I I, I kept getting muted and couldn't figure out why. So now I, I should be OK. Um, no problem, Dave. I was just asking people how they found out how they found our channel or our, our, our YouTube live channel. Someone found us from your channel. Uh a group on investments group. That's interesting. Dave's channel live on Amazon earnings, a browsing YouTube. 
Uh, hey there, Dave here. Hey, Dave, you got us a member. Dave. Hey there, Dave here. Thank you. Well, I would think uh, I would think we would because you know this channel was brand new. We had zero uh, people on it, and we were basically hustling to get our first hundred subscribers during the first show when we were simulcasting on the old channel and the new new channel. But I need to make another video on Hey There, Dave here. Sorry, sorry, everyone. Some of you people are saying you read my book. And by the way, I'm going to do another formal apology. I know we have like a thousand people waiting for our book right now. I did send a few out. But understand something. I just I, I I have to apologize. But guys, I am so overwhelmed right now with this market. I'm not sleeping at night. Like I just it's a major, major process to send out those books. Believe me, I don't want those books. To, they're in my garage right now. I have like probably 600 of them in my garage stacked up. I don't want them sitting in my garage for another year. I'm going to get to it at some point soon, but I cannot stop. And just like every day, every second that I have, I'm either on the Discord channel trying to answer your questions. I'm trying to like invest for myself. I'm trying to research all these amazing ideas that you guys are bringing up in the Discord channel, quite honestly. There's just so much, so much opportunity. I don't know. If there's going to be an opportunity like this for another 10 years or 15 years in the market, like this might not happen again for over a decade. So when things calm down, I promise to do the book stuff and mail out those books. Um, but right now, I just got to stay focused on the opportunity because like this is generational. This is a generational wealth creating opportunity that I don't know if it will ever come again, like until I'm like 65 years old, right? So like yeah. I got to monetize every day. I have to maximize my my trades here, okay? My opportunities to trade and research. And I just logged in to check the uh, number of people who are still waiting for a book. We have over 1,500 people on the list wanting a book. Hey, which, Dave, can you How many me subscribers a favor? do we even have on this channel? I mean- it's like I, I said, I'm actually at fifteen hundred. I'm concerned I might be at right at around. That's how many books I have. Can you stop? Can you cut that off? Because I can't. I can't uh, have. I can't take any more requests. Yeah, we can. Let's we just, can. We can kill can the form. Just, can you just kill the form or it, it, on the form? If people go to it, just say like we're we're sorry we're out of books. If I get more in the future, but we're, uh, everybody that's requested one, I'll try to get one out if they go back to the form, but. I, I don't think I have more than fifteen hundred total. I st I still have a like a half box in my garage left over too. Okay, well that gives me another twelve. <laughs> um, uh, listen, guys, and I'm not trying to sell books. I don't make my publisher makes all the money. They probably pay me thirty five cents a book for the ones they sell. So I don't make real money doing that. But if you if you don't want to wait and you do want to buy the book, I think a lot of people sell them used on Amazon. So you can buy my book for a few dollars, I think, on Amazon used, like literally a few bucks. Uh, they have ebooks on Amazon. You know what I would love? I would love if my publisher would make an audio version of my book. St. Martin's Press. Can somebody email St. <laughs> Martin's Press and demand that they make an audio version of Laughing at Wall Street? You realize <laughs> that means you'd have to go into a studio and read your book aloud, right? No, they get somebody to do that. They get, get someone they else have to do people it. for that. You don't want me doing it. Yeah, um, as far we have a lot of people asking about ebooks. You actually don't have the ability to create an ebook and give it away for free because the publisher no, that has would that be right. Illegal. That, yes. that would be committing a crime. So I, when you write a book, 
I got a publishing deal 10 years ago. My publisher owns the rights to that book. Uh, so they pay me a royalty. It's like a 15% royalty. And then I have an agent that takes 20% of my 15%. So I end up getting so little. Um, but the, the I, I bought, I personally bought a few thousand books and put them in a storage shed, thinking that we, we would give them away at conferences and stuff when we were doing the conferences for ticker tags back in the day. And we just never got around to giving them all away. So I have a bunch. The storage shed cost me crazy money, and I just want to empty that thing so I can get rid of my stupid storage shed. Yeah. Uh, so I want to send these books out. Um, OMG Hertz. Is Hertz still going up? Is it? Let's pull up a I chart. I think it's still going up by these comments. Uh, no, that's Vista Outdoors. Let's look at Hertz. <gasps> it's at 539. This is insane. Insane. Oh, wow. I got to get shares. <laughs> I've got to get shares to short here. I got to get them. <laughs> but how are you going to get them? You don't. You're not at a brokerage that has access to those shares. I don't know. That's, I'm not that's how get many them. are short, and that's where the short squeeze theory kind of comes into play. If, if people are out there and they're short and having to cover, they are buying right now at five dollars and twenty cents, even though it doesn't make sense. If they shorted this thing at at whatever at four dollars, and now it's at five dollars, they need to. Uh, they need to cover. Uh man. Oh, Gan is up now again. This is great. What a day. What a Monday, right? What an unbelievable Monday. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, guys, I think I think we've said it all. I mean, what again look, Gan's up too, but what a day. This is this has got this is this has got to end at some point, right? But it's not ending today, guys. Uh, another happy day for investors at large. Another happy day for dumb money. Um, we're so glad we got to talk to you guys uh, about all this. I think there's some really interesting trades. Oh, my gosh. Dave, I'm up for the day almost half a million on the day. Really? Almost half a million on the day. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, hey, man, this is great. We're glad we could share this with you guys. By the way, I am positive. I am positive there's going to be a day when we get crushed so hard, <laughs> so hard that that and you're going to be here to see how miserable we are that day. So, like, if, if you're not participating in this, these big upwards market moves and, and you're just really upset watching us doing this well, don't worry. There will be a day when Our we get crushed so hard, yeah. and we promise not to cancel that day's episode. We will come on the, we will be crying, we will be miserable, but we will come on the air and talk about why we missed it, why we missed selling. And let's go, what if we time it perfectly? What if we time it and sell <laughs> out and go short the market that day? I doubt that will happen, but we will be here for the good, for the bad, and everything in between. Um, Stranger have things have happened. Doing. Are, you're you're getting to work on more stock research, and you'll be in our Discord channel, I'm sure. I want to go hang in the Discord channel because I'm almost done with the Ask Dumb Money questions, and then I could get to the last three days of stock research ideas. I'm sure there's a ton of really good ideas in there. By the way, did Party City come out with earnings yet? Did I miss that one? Or I'm pretty sure that... it was later. Remember, we, we thought it was going to be like the next day, P-R-T-Y, so, I think. So that should, be, that should be this week then. Uh, let's look. By the way, oh, I want to tell people I did sell. I'm seeing June 12th as the uh, date for that. Um, I did sell uh, some of my Avis stock, uh, and I'm actually about to sell a, l a little more right now. 
Um, so I've sold almost half of my Avis stock, and I want to tell you why. Uh, let me just put, punch in my code here. Hold on. Going from uh, $12 to $33 was enough for you? Uh, it has nothing to do with price. You know I don't trade on price. No, you trade uh, on information parity. I just exited half, half of my Avis stock. Guys, uh, first of all, it, it went up so much I had seven figures of Avis stock, and it was just ridiculous. But, um, no, the reason why I exited Avis is in doing my Hertz research, I realized that while I still believe in Avis, and I think Avis is a really interesting stock to own as a recovery stock and a bounce-back stock, Avis has tail risk, okay? Avis, these rental car companies are so leveraged. The, I mean, if you look at Hertz and what happened to Hertz, they're just so leveraged. It's unbelievable. And it is not, it is not like a known that hurt that Avis is going to be okay with all this stuff, right? That's happening right now. There, it's a small risk, but there is a tail risk in Avis that you know they could get hit here with business travel down. Even though a lot of people are rent, renting cars for leisure, there's still some tail risk with no business travelers. And if that impacts Avis, who knows? They might come out and be like, "Hey, we're actually." at risk of a debt payment, and you could see Avis stock get chopped like 20, 30, 40% pretty quick because it's gone up so much, right? Uh, I think that tail risk isn't really being talked about that much, and it kind of concerns me a little bit, just a little bit for Avis. I think there are other bounce-back stocks that don't have that level of, of debt and tail risk that Avis does, so I'm not giving up on Avis. I'm still in Avis. I don't want to have seven figures of Avis stock right now, okay? So I took I took a 50% haircut. I mean, 50%, sold 50% of my Avis stock at massive gains. I hope to not sell the other 50% because it's up so much. I would really prefer to have a long-term capital gain on Avis versus a short-term capital gain. So my thought there is to hopefully get to hold the other half of my Avis for a full year so I could pay 24% instead of paying 36% or whatever it happens to be. Or I might take that Avis stock. You know, we've been talking about my um, my charitable foundation that I'm starting this year. Uh, I'm putting a lot of my big gainer stocks like Amazon, uh, Peloton, and potentially, you know, Avis could be another one where I'll just, I'll just throw them into the, the charitable foundation. That way I'll never pay taxes and it just – the the foundation is going to own that. It'll be, and it will go to children's charities, right? So I, I might do that with my the rest of my Avis stock. So that just want to totally update makes everyone. Sense. Yeah, and you should update the Discord group on your trades. There's a whole channel in there where we post when we trade, and um, I've I've gotten better at remembering to do that. And Chris, shame on I, you. I, I'm I'm <laughs> going to get better. I listen. You know I'm the guilt I have from not answering those asked dumb money questions. I just want to catch up on that first. Before I do anything else, I'm, I'm, you know, my mind works in a very linear fashion. I got to do one thing at a time. Like yep. I'm not good at doing lots of different things. So, and I just saw a, a chat go by. Um, this, this is something that I think we might do an episode on in the future, how we made our first million. I think that makes, makes for good. Um, it's a good story. We each have our own story and they kind of interweave and intertwine and, um, I think that would be something that we can have on a future dumb money when the news isn't driving the narrative. 
And I'll tell you how we did not make our first million. It was uh, a company that me and Dave started called Video Business Cards and Profit <laughs> as well. People listening, uh, yeah. So we had we had business cards that were VHS tapes. Okay, so <laughs> it was instead because you know Dave being the producer, the great producer he is, we want to leverage his talent. So it was inst- it was when we were working. I was had an internship at Dean Witter with Michael Crockett, who's probably watching right now. And it was the concept of instead of handing a business card to someone, you'd hand them a VHS tape with a like two minute video of you talking about yourself. <laughs> I um I tell the whole story and include some footage. No, I couldn't find any of our video of business cards, but it was very similar to the era where online dating by VHS was the thing. On Hey There, Dave here, I tell the whole story. It's in my most recent video. It's you it's a good story. Watch that. Gotta watch that Hey There, Dave here. It is hilarious. <laughs> There's footage of us. You did, don't you have footage from us back in the day? There is footage. Um, yeah, when, when you were a garage sale shopper, I think I included a clip from, from that. That was another business idea where you would go and find collectibles and things that, that people thought of as junk and, and sell it pre-eBay, maybe, right? You you would sell you'd buy it from a garage sale and sell it to an antique store. Can we, Dave, on our next episode, or maybe not the next one, but maybe on the next one? It's not that long; it's only like three minutes. Can we show garage sale underworld the story of how oh, we yes. used to arbitrage garage sale merchandise? If you guys want to see Garage Sale Underworld, which is this little documentary that I shot on VHS, and the whole thing is like shot through a screen, you've got to you've got to see this. We'll, we'll do it next week. Let, yeah, us, let yeah. us know in the when chat if you want to if you want to see that because I don't want to I don't it's it's like five or eight minutes long I don't want to Wouldn't bore you people. Want us but to put that during a live episode. It's us when we were fourteen years old, fifteen years old. Well, no, we, we were driving, stuff. so we were at least sixteen, seventeen. <laughs> we had well, to. We be. would buy stuff at garage sales and sell them, like not on eBay. eBay didn't exist. We would sell them to brokers all around the city. I think it was. I think it was uh, during the summer when when I was back in Dallas from college and you you lived here and you were living in your parents' garage guest house and we filmed we filmed some of it there. Our friend Patrick, who's probably watching, was in it and uh, he he did not want to appear on camera because it was just embarrassing. But uh, I made I basically made a documentary about Chris and his garage sale shopping. So yes, I, I see we have a lot of people who do want to see this. It, it, just so you understand, in that episode, we will explain how that was actually the impetus for social arb investing, believe it or not. Garage selling, there is a huge link between garage selling and social arb investing, and we'll explain that when we show the video. So that said, you got to watch – not everybody has two hours to watch uh, a YouTube video, day, but – they can listen to us, right? They absolutely what? can. So we, we do we do have a everything that you hear today will be in podcast form on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, on uh, Google Podcast, all of them. Listen to us there. Before you go, smash the like button for the YouTube algorithm. Subscribe, hit the bell, turn on all notifications so you'll know when we're on. Subscribe to my other channel. Hey there, Dave here. Uh, follow us on Twitter, our Instagram. All of those at names are down in the description. Join our Discord server, dumbmoney.tv. Uh, keep the conversation going in the comments once this video turns into a replay. And that's going to do it for this one. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'm Dave Hansen. For Chris and Jordan, we are Dumb Money. We will see you on Thursday.